I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. A cousin of Stefan, though they spell it differently. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Good stuff. (laughs) Now we can make people mad at you for two weeks about that. Yeah, Chandra sports more misinformation today. <laughs> John Gilmore would be the perfect cornerback on the Bills. <laughs> or we should try. Stefan Gilmore would be a se- This is a good one. Stefan Gilmore would make a seamless transition to hockey because he's a natural athlete. That would piss off a lot of like hockey people, like people who played. Like it's not that easy. <laughs> All right, here we go. In three, two, and one. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Blade, episode 103. Recording tonight, we are exactly one week away from the Sabres' first preseason. I'm sorry, two weeks away. I'm a little of myself. We're two weeks away from the Sabres' first preseason game. Getting close to hockey. I am your co-host, Chad Didimenesis, and as always, joined by my two friends, Bill Shockey and the wrist lining guy, Anthony Shockey. <laughs> going on guys how you are how are you guys on this labor day evening doing good i get to call my mom and tell her i have a friend now (laughs) we have a lot of friends on twitter you know they they, they don't forget things (laughs) they do not i've had a fun two weeks because they do do take my words to heart for your your words you didn't even speak i I think the best thing was 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 the guy who was like where was this ridiculous take like "Eh, it's like in the middle-ish Oh, yeah. went through, like, he's like, I skimmed it and didn't hear it. And then Anthony was like, because it doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what Bill said to me, but I was like, all right, it's okay. It's another penny for someone who clicked on it. We'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good stuff. But, anyways, to get right into hockey stuff, because we kind of have a lot here. We're going to talk about some projections today. Uh, We're going to talk about, well, not our projections necessarily, but the projections that come out. Uh, they're not good. Uh, is that fair? Unfair? I kind of tweeted a little bit about it the other night. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the coaching, kind of maybe how that affects it, some goaltenders talk in terms of 
the projection. Uh, I have some stuff on a player. I have some stuff on Montour and uh, Pominville we're going to touch on. Prospects Challenge is also at the end of this week. So an interesting roster the Sabres put out and some guys look forward to seeing. Uh, and then we have a handful of questions, some really good ones uh, that we'll kind of jump to at the end here. So, fellas, I think we should maybe kind of start this one and dive into it because I think we'll kind of touch on a lot of different topics here that branch off this one topic because I think a few things go into it. Uh, and I guess maybe we can start by kind of giving our opinions as fair or unfair, these projections you've seen so far. Uh, Don from The Athletic, I think, had like 80.2 projection for the Sabres. Uh, he had a really nice write-up and kind of backed up a lot of his facts, which I can't really dispute many of them. And uh, Tierney, I think, had one recently where the Sabres were around that 80-point thing, too. And I think it's kind of what we're going to see from a lot of people is around 80 points. And I, I think that's kind of right now where the roster is. If nothing else happens, that's kind of where I'm going to fall into that 80 to, I don't know, I say 80 to 82 as I've been telling people, so I guess I'll kind of stick to that window, kind of where I see it now. And it's not ideal, but I think there's a lot of question marks, a lot of things that are unanswered. Uh, they didn't fully address their forward need, I guess you could say, in a way. So, you know, there's still a lot of question marks here, and I think you need a lot of things to go your way to be above that. But this is my personal opinion. I'm kind of curious what you two think about that. 80 to 82-point range, if you think at this point it's fair or unfair? I think if you take everything as is right now, um, I can see – I think you can see why they get there. A lot of them obviously have guys in the lineup that I know the three of us not necessarily would want in the lineup. Um, so if you're putting them in the lineup, you're basically rolling out the forwards that you kind of had last year for the most part. The interesting part, though, is Dom's had no Scandella, no Saboka, or Thompson in it. And he still got to that 80.2 points, which I thought was interesting because I think Sean's had those in there. Those players in there. So, yeah, Sean's was the one I did see. So, <clears throat> I, I'd say this. I'd say there's there's a lot of question marks this year, and it, it's, it's a lot easier to – obviously, they're going to go off of what you know. Right. Or you're not necessarily going to project for what you don't know. But, I mean, it's it's what is Kruger going to do this year? How is the uh, deployment of the, the, the players going to change this year? I mean, if there's a huge difference in the deployment from last year to this year, I think that's going to change things quite drastically. Um, at the goalies too. I mean, for me, man, it's not really something a lot of things that people have talked about, and I don't want to get into it now because I think we're going to get into it later. But the goalies are kind of your big question mark for this year. Do you kind of get a repeat of last year? How much was the defense a factor of how bad the goaltending was? And and kind of nothing changed there. So if you kind of get the same thing, you're you're probably in trouble and looking at the same thing again. I know the last what has it been now, Chad? Two three seasons we've kind of projected them higher and yeah. It just really hasn't happened. So I, I think this year it's kind of the – I want to say it's going to be higher, but am I just going to do the same thing for the fourth straight year? You know? Right, exactly. It's weird because everybody, you know, I think Anthony can kind of jump in here, but everybody kind of always the last few years have combated these projection numbers. Oh, they'll be better than that. Come on, what are you talking about? And then really if you look back at it, they kind of come in around that same spot every single season. So it's <clears> – <throat> You know, they get to the point where you can yell at the numbers all you want, but realistically, I mean, there's some teams that are going to exceed them or even come underneath, but most of the time, I would say a, a little more than 50% of the time, these numbers are actually pretty close to where they come in. And I, Real quick before you jump in, Anthony, I think the crazy thing is how they get there throughout the season. It's not like it's just a steady roll. <laughs> right, right, right. 80 points. It's, you know, up and downs and, and just back and forth and not – really except for the one year too many injuries so i don't know it's 
how can you really combat it, I guess, at this point? Yeah, it's kind of like a vicious cycle where the first year of a head coach, everyone's like, no, they've got a new coach. Like, it'll be fine. You know, I mean, they'll be better than that. Like, you got to factor that change in. And then the second year of said head coach is like, well, he needed that year to adjust to second year. Like, you got to factor that in. You know what I mean? We just keep going through that cycle. So everyone combating it, like their favorite thing to mention is Kruger. Because that's like, I mean, aside from the defense, that's the only like big change, right? And it's just like, guys, a coach will give you maybe one to two wins a year if they're, you know what I mean, really good. I mean, you're not, like Chad said on Twitter uh, earlier in the week, you're not talking about Barry Trotz taking over the Islanders. You know what I mean? It's, you know, fresh off a of Stanley Cup. It's a little different, right? And and looking at, you know, obviously they revamped the defense, but some of those guys might not even end up starting. I mean, you could realistically be looking at Yoke Haru starting in the AHL, which would be terrible, but possible. Um, they didn't do enough up front to put them in the playoff mix. I don't think, um, I think 80 points is probably really fair. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of hard because there's so many, like <laughs> there's so many different branches I kind of want to spit off here. Like, yeah, well, yeah, you look at this, you look at that. If it's, I, I think kind of the first branch, maybe we'll kind of jump on here. I, I think is Kruger. It's the, uh, it, it's hard because hiring him, bringing him in, you're like, you think to yourself, well, he can't be worse than the last guy. But if you think about it, we kind of said that about Housley, we said that about Bilesma, and then look where they are. So, yes, is it possible Kruger is going to be a better coach? Absolutely. Is it possible he could be just as bad as Housley? Absolutely. I I think those two odds are the same. Remember, I mean, I I appreciate, you know, the hiring. I'm behind it. I'm on board with it. It, It's it's different, and you got to coach to some experience. But remember, this is the guy who's only coached one year, uh, you know, with Edmonton a couple of years ago, and then he coached that one small tournament. So he's really been on the league for a while. Now I think he'll come in with some different ideas and I think he'll use players different and, you know, that can have some sort of impact, but, you know, I, I think overall for everybody who's saying, you know, look at the projections, well, it's not counting for the coach. So the coach is going to be so much better, you know, but we don't know that. I mean, it, it's in these projections that people are doing, you basically got to account for the coaches. Uh, it depends. That's why. Not negative, pretty much. Right, not even negative. Maybe like an even, like a push. I mean, because right. really, it's and let's let's say Kruger's good and he does good things for the team. Realistically, though, a good coach who has that type of impact, you're not that trust type impact is kind of rare. And you know, I'll, I'll kind of circle back to that in a second. But let's say that Kruger is a good coach. I mean, that that's going to get you what? Realistically, three to four more wins. So what? That that's going to get three to four more wins, which is like six to eight points and that's just so okay you get up six eight points but now let's say your goaltending doesn't improve as your goaltending drag those points back down because really yes trots had that excellent season you know with with the islanders but if you look at their goaltending jump like an article i recently just wrote their combined war went from like a 0.5 to an 11.4 like year over year like that, that's insane uh-huh. like that's an insane jump in goaltending carolina saw that same jump they went from like a minus 1.4 to a 5.9. Now, the interesting thing is the Sabres now have Carolina's goaltending coach they had last year, so maybe that makes a difference. But I, I guess I'll kind of hit on these two topics as you guys talk. Because I, I think I think the coaching is hard to judge, and it's just as possible it can be bad as it's possible it can be good. And I think the goaltending, and Billy touched on a little bit, uh-huh. I think it's such an important thing that we don't talk about as much. Because they, I think, singly, like single-handed, they can have the most impact on how this season goes in just those two players. If it's a similar season to last season where they're, you know, they're in the bottom, like, 
of the like they're in like the forties, like fifty percent, like fiftieth ranked, and like these you know, goals saved above expected or goals saved above average, like those categories that they were last year, like forget it. Like it, it, I don't care like how good your team is. Most teams cannot survive that goaltending. And that's like the San Jose Sharks, and you can somehow find a way to survive Martin Jones last year. But other than that, it's like rare to survive that terrible goaltending. So the Sabres don't have that San Jose Sharks talent. So it's going to be hard to outperform that if you get similar or slightly better goaltending than last year because I think you need a big jump in your goaltending or you can, I think, forget any any thought of making any big jump in the standings. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, so what I did before this was I took 46 goalies that played more than 30 games for last season. They average a 9-1-2 save percentage and a 2-7-5 goals against. Allmark, 905-311. Hutton, 908-3. Just it's way below average. So, I mean, can you get it back up to average? How much of that is the defense? I, I really think if you're going to see a turnaround with this team, it's going to be from the back end out. You need some kind of goaltending to get back to average, if not a little bit above average. And then you need the changes you made on defense to really help get your team out of the zone. They struggled with it so much last year. Get the puck, get it out of the zone, get it up to your forwards and get it to the guys that can score. Uh, and then kind of worry about the forwards after the fact, I guess, at least for this season. And I, I think that's where Kruger is going to come in is playing the forwards in the right spot in the right situations to get those timely goals when you need them. That's how I think you can see a, I don't say, well, yeah, pretty big jump this year. Uh, if, if you're looking to them to be more of like a 90, low 90, high 80 point team. Uh, and then like you said with Kruger real quick, it's just, I think this is why I, I kind of want to like hold off on the excitement for like training camp to start because I remember even two years ago, everything that Housley said, I'm getting texts from Chad at the practices saying, man, they look really fast this year. They're really moving. They look so much better. Um, so I think really, unfortunately, until we see live in a real game, what he's going to actually do with the team and how he's going to deploy and how the team's actually going to play, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to see kind of what Kr the differences Kruger's going to bring uh, unless kind of the lineup is just completely different on the opening night, which obviously is always a possibility. Yeah. Um, circling back real quick to, to kind of how we started the, the goaltending, the good thing about it is it, it almost can't get much worse. Um, but you're right. It needs to see a, a significant jump. I mean, and, and you're talking about the exact same two guys, you know, uh, in talking about Carolina and, uh, New York, you know, they, they had different faces, right. When they experienced those big jumps. So unless Allmark, you know, is, is just going to really come out of his, you know, shell, so to speak at 26 years old, it's probably not going to be that crazy of a jump. Right. And, and it's a huge factor. And like you said, um, adding some more, uh, zone exit competent assets on the back end is, is going to help in that regard. Um, and then, you know, hoping your forwards are optimized to the extent where they can get, like you said, timely goals. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of things got to go right for those projections to be wrong. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, that, that totally makes sense. You know, it's, it, it's, there's so much it, that just, it really, it, it, it's the goaltending, like, like we've said a couple of times here, and then I think you need to have like three or four players have, I think, career years in a way, and that's not impossible by any means. I mean, Eiko could have a better year. We could see Olofsson explode. You know, VC could have a better year. Shiri could have a better year. Darlene's uh, going to be even better. If you right, Darlene's going to be even better. Uh, the, these projections hate Montour because a lot of his um, Anaheim numbers are in there. I, I went back and quickly looked. I just spent a lot of time on it, but I went back and quickly looked how drastically different his numbers were, his analytics numbers in a way, 
at five on five between Anaheim and Buffalo. So in Anaheim and Corsi expected goals, scoring chances for high danger chances. He was mid to low forties in all of those categories with Anaheim in the 20 games with Buffalo. He was a positive in all these categories. He was above 50%, 50% in Corsi expected goals, four percentage scoring chances, four percentage in high danger chances, four percentage. And that was with a 50, 50 split in um, zone starts. So not like he was like drastically given offensive zone starts when he came here. So it was, I think it was like a 49 point, like nine, eight is what it said. So it was almost essentially a 50, 50 split. So these numbers, these projections see that see most of Anaheim, Anaheim information data put in there. They're going to grade them low. So that, that, that's kind of added into that projection, but you know, Montour is an interesting character. Anthony, I think you kind of wrote about him too, is it's he's, He's that high event hockey guy where, you know, we're going to talk about another high event hockey guy here in a little bit, but Montour, you know, he's going to provide some offense for you. He's going to drive some offense. But at the same time, you're going to, I think, have those moments defensively where he's not going to look great and some of his numbers are going to look pretty poor. So maybe if you put him with the right partner, um, and maybe Jake McCabe will fix that, or maybe even if Pilot, when Pilot gets healthy, maybe he's the kind of guy that fixed that. But I, th- I think McCabe could help more because I think he's better – at preventing those, you know, defensive entries uh, where Pilot kind of isn't that good at that. So I, I think maybe McCabe fits better there, at least how the roster is currently constructed. Um, now, if we get Jake Gardner in here, maybe this is a whole different conversation, but I think we'll put that to the side until either that officially happens or he goes somewhere because there is some chatter there with Buffalo and other teams. But I said to put that in there, but we'll throw that to the side. We'll get to that hopefully one day. But, you know, it's it, – Montour, I think, is just a really interesting guy. And I think in his projections where he's one of those guys that I think could have that career year going into a contract year and maybe could push your projections toward the higher end or even beating what some of these people are projecting right now. Yeah. I titled that article, Brandon Montour, the wild card on the Buffalo Sabres. Um, Cause he kind of is. Yeah. Uh, and as you just said, uh, the partner I suggested in said article was Jake McCabe. Uh, I think he compliments him well. And uh, he, he's the, he's such a low event player. He almost makes the most sense to, uh, pair with a high event guy like Montour, I believe. So yes, pretty much exactly what you're saying. Um, he'll be interesting. I mean, speaking of high event guys, I guess we'll stay there. Another interesting guy here uh, is that I kind of want to talk about. And I think that kind of pulls off of one of the guys that weren't in Dom's projection in Marco Scandella. Uh, he's still on this team. Looks like he's going to be on this roster. Um, now Matt Hunwick going in long-term injury reserve kind of is out of the picture now on the left side. And that basically, I guess, moves Gandela into your left side. But I still think with Pilot out until, what, around November, if not later than that, uh, out of the picture, I, I think there's a guy here who not a lot of people talk about who I think has a chance to maybe step in. Uh, and that's John Gilmore, who they signed as a free agent. Uh, he is another another high event player. Uh, I look quickly at uh, Micah on HockeyViz, Micah's chart. Uh, he gives you a lot offensively, but essentially everything he gives you offensively, he gives it all back defensively. So it's, it's, it's weird. It's he'll, he's, he's a good, he's a really good skater. He moves the puck. Well, uh, he's good on exits, good on entries, but it's also poor on entry defense. So maybe he's a guy you can put with like a Yoki Haru on your third pair. Can you maybe shelter that? Um, maybe you shelter him with Colin Miller and kind of make that work. But, I mean, he's a guy who can provide you some offense. You're not going to rely on him that much defensively, but I think he can add some more speed to you from the blue line. 
He can bring in some more offense. I mean, he had 54 points in 78 all games last year. He has five points in 33 NHL games for his career. So he's he's going to be my don't sleep on guy. Every year, Bill and I, Bill, but we have, I have a don't sleep on guy. And I think John Gilmer is my don't sleep on guy this year because I think if he plays well, I think that style that I think Halsey's looking for in his defenseman, I think there's a potential there that he can beat on Marco Scandella and be that sixth, left, sixth defenseman as your left shot guy in your third pair. Then Scandella is your extra, but that's just kind of kind of where, where I was thinking. Yeah, Gilmore. Uh, Gilmore's kind of interesting. Um, you know, obviously, when a guy plays 33 NHL games, you don't have you know a, a great knowledge of his skill set or you know whatever. But um, you know, kind of looking at his numbers, he I think he finished uh, second in defensive goals and maybe top uh, defensive points in the AHL last year. He almost seems like a Zach Redmond who you can actually call up and can contribute to your team because he's not. I like that. I like that comparison. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's interesting. I think now that uh, Hunwick is gone, he he becomes kind of that veteran rotation guy. Though you you still have you know, I feel you know younger guys in in Borgen, and if they don't start Yokoharu, which they should, Yokoharu, uh, who who should get looks ahead of him. But yeah, no, he's interesting. Uh, you know, rash defensive injuries. I know last year people were like, call up Redmond. It's like they cannot. Um, but they still he, cannot, he, so don't say it. They, they still, still cannot. cannot. Yes, cor- correct. But he, yeah. But to me, just at, at face value, uh, without really diving deep into what he's good at, he just kind of seems like a Redmond you can call up. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. You know, the thing that's interesting uh, to touch on quickly, maybe Bill can kind of jump in on this part. I know he never a lot on Gilmore, but I'm curious, like, if they don't put Scandella in, they put somebody else. So what's more likely? Because I guess I guess this kind of gets back to what what type of coach is Kruger. So we don't know. Is he a guy who's big on left-right combination? Or does he not really care? And maybe he sees Nelson on his offside. Or, I don't know, Yoki Haru on his offside or something. like, um, Or even Borgen on the playing on the offside, on the left side. So it's, it's interesting. I'm kind of curious if they would go that route or if they, he's more of a lefty, righty guy. Like I don't know where you guys' preferences would be. I mean, maybe there isn't one. Just play the best six hockey players on defense and kind of figure it out. But Kind of where I was going to go. Yeah, right. It, at this point, just – your best guys on the ice and for as much time as they can and try and win some hockey games so <laughs> i mean i know that's obviously the super simplistic way but but it's not uh, wrong i mean right i mean if, if they obviously if, if they can't do it it doesn't make sense but yeah, this again is what training camps for see how bad they are on offsides and if the best one play on the opposite side is better than scandal playing on his right side right being the like correct where he should be yeah, left side yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah um yeah why wouldn't you do it put, put your right. best lineup on the ice i'm, I'm there you know the, like to kind of wrap this projection thing is i do want to get to kind of pominville in this but i'm going to tie him into another player that i think a lot of people are like well the projections should be better because they're they added more forwards than johansson and vc where i think in these projections johansson's going to kind of come out as i don't know and, and he's not going to hurt you he's not going to help you so i think he's going to have a push guy here Right, I think VC that people was like, well, we got a VC too, but well, VC gives you the scoring, he gives it all back defensively. So in a way, he can be a negative. And some of these projections, I think he is coming out as a negative. And you know, this ties back into Pomodoro because I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, where you know, you know, all the people out there would tell you that Pomodoro isn't good and he's slow and you know he only was good with Eichel, which isn't true. But I'm not gonna get into all that. But anyways, essentially, let's say you replaced VC with Pominville. if VC is the same exact player that he was because I don't know. I, I think it's a less than 50% chance he's going to play with Eichel, to be honest. 
And I don't know for sure. I'm just my opinion. To be honest, I think it's like less than fifty percent chance that'll happen. So he's not going to really be sheltered by Eichel. He played with some decent players with the Rangers. He played with Zuccarello. He played with Hayes and Stepan. And I mean, last year played with Howden a lot, but he's been around some good players. He hasn't really been around a lot of slouches by any means. So if his offensive production is the same and his defense is the same, you essentially replace Pominville's production with a worse defenseman, worse defensive player. So really it's going to be a net negative for you. By taking Pominville off your roster and putting VC on while you're the same offensive production, you're going to lose something defensively. So I, I think VC to be an improvement and to maybe, again, maybe this is the guy to see they have a career year and a contract year where he goes in, they'd be an unrestricted free agent. Maybe he outscores some of his defensive liabilities. At the same time, maybe he brings up his defensive game. If you put him with, say, an Evan Rodriguez or a Marcus Johansson, maybe they can kind of shelter him a little bit more defensively, and maybe that'll help him. But I, I don't know. VC's kind of a – he's been <laughs> we said this last time, but it's – for me, like all season, you know? It's just the, uh, the one thing that's like such a weird trade. Right. And I know we said that last time, but – Yeah, and it's, it's something that I've kind of thought about recently, and I talked about this with Kevin uh, on Twitter, is in, in a way it kind of feels like – they they traded for VC thinking they weren't going to get Johansson. And then they're like, oh, wait, actually, we're going to get Johansson. And they're like, oh, well, we kind of have them both now. I guess we'll just make it work. Like, that, that's kind of what it comes off as to me. I mean, I don't know that for sure. But that's just kind of me reading it from where I'm sitting here. That's just my two cents. But I don't know. VC still just seems like an odd one. But well, yeah, I, guess, yeah. I guess we'll see how it goes. I know you had to overhaul the bottom six. But it just it seems so weird that you would go out and get a guy that you would have to then shelter. Like, probably right. even trade for that guy. Right. I mean, he does – he's going to score your goals on the net. He kills some penalties. Maybe he'll be a good power play guy for you. He hasn't hit 20 yet, right? No. No. I mean, maybe you're banking on a career year in his free agent year. But, again, <laughs> that's risky because let's say he goes out there and throws up 25 goals or 20-something, 23 in the contract year. Like – I don't know. Do you go, gee, thanks, see you later, buddy? Or do you want to be like, hey, I'm going to re-sign him for $4.5 million and hope that uh, gets him forever? Or, like, did I get just, you know, you know what I mean? I heard Anthony make the noise. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of my – that's my secondary fear of DC. Yeah, it's almost like you're afraid he's going to have, like, a Drew Stafford here. Like, right, you know I mean? right. And entice you to, to re-sign him. And he's like, all right, cool, I'm going to go back to what I was doing. Um Yeah, it, it, it's that fine balance, right? And I, I think I, I was either lurking or might have been, like, subtly in on that conversation uh, you mentioned with Kevin on Twitter. Uh, yeah. The, the, there's like that fine balance, right? Where you either get the player he was in New York. And so that's a net loss, right? Cause essentially he's taking Pominville spot on the roster. You know, if you kind of want to look at it that way, or you're getting a guy who's going to explode in a contract year who you, now you're afraid your GM is going to be willing to kind of overlook those defensive flaws for, you know, oh man, he found it here. Like that was the change of scenery he needed and resign him only to have him kind of go back to his old ways, right? It, it's interesting. And as Bill said, and, and we'll continue to say, weird trade. I, I think the, the lucky thing is next year is the year you have all the cap space. So it's not like <clears throat> you'll, you'll have the, the space to have multiple options to, again, make change right. as necessary depending on how the season goes. You don't necessarily. I don't. I don't think you're going to be in a position where it's like, crap. I need to sign this guy because he did X last season. There's going to be other guys out there that you're going to be able to be in on because of the the situation of the team. That's true. Good point. 
So I think this is a good time to take our middle of the podcast break here. So we're going to sneak that in here. We'll be back with you in 30 seconds. A couple things we're going to touch on when we get back. I do want to talk about some bottom of the roster guys. I saw something today that kind of brought that up to me. Uh, We're going to touch on the prospect challenge and get into your questions. So uh, we'll be back with you in 30 seconds here on it. Beyond the blade and the die by the blade podcast network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, welcome back to Beyond the Blade. A little Coheed playing us in for the second straight week, Anthony. And you said that was your favorite Coheed song? Is that what you said going to oh, the yeah. Mm-hmm. The people know what you like, Anthony. They're, they're, they're picking you up this week, you know, after your wrist will come in a couple a- After all those hot takes, I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> so where I kind of want to go into here um, is I, I kind of want to touch on that, like I said, the, the bottom of the roster thing. Um, I think we might have got a question on it, to be honest. It's kind of like an OHL or AHL jump question. So I, I kind yeah. of, in a, a way. No cops besides Olsen, Smith, Asplin, Ogilvy, any consistent time you would see, bottom six, such a question mark. Okay. So I think there's a few guys for me. I don't think Asplin's ready yet, so I don't think he's into it unless he has a monster camp. Uh, I think R2 or Rusalina is really interesting. I'm That's kind of guy. curious how he plays in the prospect challenge to get our first look at him. Um, Tierney did a NHL E thing where I think he was around like 20 points, which is interesting. I mean, that's not going to guarantee he's going to be a 20 point NHL player, but it's interesting to see he kind of had that production in Finland last year. Um, John Sebastian Diaz, a guy I talked about a lot this summer. He is that speedy guy who I think could maybe turn some heads in camp, but we'll see. And, you know, there's Gergensons, there's Scott Wilson, um, CJ Smith is another guy who there I think is. kind of, this is kind of a, I think this is this is this is the year for him in Buffalo. Either he makes it, or I think next year he's not here. Well, didn't he sign a two-year contract? He did. That's interesting. Anyways, that's only this is kind of his last chance <laughs> to maybe to maybe break through in Buffalo. Uh, but you know, I don't know if you guys any other guys. Those are the kind of guys that they're in my head that I think we can kind of riff on here for a little bit. Yeah, C.J. Smith was the one I was going to bring up. Um, like you said, it's kind of it feels like it's his last chance, which it almost felt that way last year. But he's that guy who, when he came up, I thought he looked pretty okay you know i mean he he looked like you know a replacement level nhl player to me which i guess is what, twice in 11 games yeah. he played well mm-hmm. and he got sent to saboka island right right so um yeah if if, if i was gonna pick that guy maybe him um you know uh, out of the guys who maybe aren't as discussed as much um but like you said roots Linen is probably the most interesting uh you know almost like a wild card uh, so to speak, on that side, especially because there's a little bit of a lack of clarity on does he go to the HL, does he go to Finland, will they hold him up, would he want to go there, whatever. Um, so we'll see, and, and I agree on Asplund. Uh, he'd have to have probably a monster camp. I think this is probably his last year in Rochester either way, but uh, I think he'll spend a majority of his time there. I think um, it makes sense as Larson's, Larson's one more year here, then he's a free agent. Larson plays this year, 100%. leaves next year, Asplund takes a spot. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, for me, Ruslan is kind of the, I, I just, so my I guess my question would be, since it's his first year over here, is there realistically any chance he makes this roster? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it's hard because game. of Botterill's, the way he treats these guys, right? That's what I was worried about. Because I could, and I, I mean, it's probably dumb, but I was kind of bringing it up last week and we kind of got like skipped over. So I just kind of let it go. But I more meant like, is there any way, and there's absolutely no way, but like, what if he just like tore up and you threw him on the top line as your right winger? Rusalainen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm only laughing because now it's roots align into right wing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no way it happens, but I like it. No, like, I, I just the way that he plays, the the speed, the go to the net. Uh, right, right. I mean, so I'll, I'll, I'll take the comments we get. Like, you know, it's it's not like a, it's not a crazy. Idea. I mean, for God's sakes, I don't know who they're going to put at right wing. So I don't think anything is crazy at this point. It's. uh I just I I don't know. I guess I don't know how enough stuff's gonna translate to the NHL. You know, so that's kind of tough for me to say right now. I, I think. It, and to your point, like the way that they've treated these guys, I really don't think there's. I think he could light light up every chance he gets, and I don't think there's probably a way he makes the roster. It's tough because the thing that's tough for me is if if it's the case where really it's Finland or the NHL, do they squeeze him in? Like, you know what I mean? And, and try to make it work in the beginning. And then maybe if he's here for about a month and then, then they'll, then they'll send him down. I was like, I'm not going to go to Finland. I'll just hang out here. Like, you know what I mean? They're just, they've been so conservative with everybody, but Thompson. So I can't imagine. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> exactly. They do anything. It, Thompson's the guy we keep forgetting about like in here. Like it's like, yeah. we didn't even mention him in this thing. And I, I think he's. Oh, Poso we didn't mention either. I, I think a post is on the roster, but like. Well, it, I know. I just mean as a bottom six guy. Yeah. Like right, right, another right. guy that just yeah. like there's so many guys here. I don't even know how Smith really makes it. Right. I mean, it's. I mean, Gergenton's is still here too. Like it's. Right. And then no, you, got you mentioned there. Scott Wilson is still hanging around. Like it's. I, I don't know. And that, that gets to the hard thing. You know, right? I, I try to make an argument for Dia. Then I'm like, well, he's got to be out this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. And then like it's. I mean, same thing for, you know, same thing for Russellainen and same thing for Smith. It, it's It's hard. It's tough to find that spot in. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Ruslan, I think it's only interesting because it's. It seems like, from what it sounds like, it's it's NHL or Liga. So I don't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they try to make it work. I. I I'm, I'm obviously caught up in the the unknown. Is always the, the fun thing to like think about. You never know what it can actually be, but. There's just so many guys still, and like yeah. it's just weird because we we talked about it so much even last year with the defense. It's like, are we really just going to bring all these guys to camp and fight them out, and then just what? Hope somebody gets hurt again, so <laughs> we can ride the entire season. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. I don't know the the question I was going to ask, and people listening, please don't yell out loud or throw things at your phone or whatever. Listening to this on, is there? I mean, because that right wing spots up right now. Do you think? I think it's I think it's possible because how much Bottle loves them. Do you think there's any chance that we're completely downplaying how big of a role Tate Thompson's going to have next season? Oof, uh, I think there's a very good chance of that. I was going to say, um, yeah, I think there's uh, an excellent chance we're downplaying it. If I'm being honest with you, this scares the sh- scares the shit out of me, man. It, it does, you know, yeah, like it, if he, if he kind of saw that the way we see it, don't you think he'd have made? that move a little sooner and maybe, maybe because he, he put him down there at the end of the year. Uh, it, it did indicate maybe he, he, he recognizes he needed a little more time, but yeah, he, I mean, it's clear he likes the guy. It's clear he wants to see him succeed. Um, he sees something there. Uh, 
and I don't see him in hardly any projections uh, from from fans on Twitter or or you know from the articles. Uh, so yeah, I think there's a very good chance we're downplaying that. Yeah, I mean, if Kruger comes in here and loves him too, he could easily be the top right winger. Right. I don't. I, don't, I can't even think about it because that'll upset me. Like I can't. <laughs> like it just—it's so clear that he's just like he's just not ready yet. Like it's—I don't know if he's ever gonna be. Just I just. Uh, I don't know. If it gets announced he's playing on the top line, I'm claiming that article immediately and naming it Tage Toadrags to top line. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. It's well done. If he really does, if he's like, if he's out there with Eichel and Skinner, like day one of camp, like I, I, I might just get up and leave. Like if I'm there, <laughs> so I'll walk out. Like, it's, <laughs> like it's, it's going to be that, or it's going to be wrist line. I'm playing with like Darlene. Like, like I'm just, I'm leaving. Like I'm out of here. I'm not doing. I'm, I'm going to need a 10 second video of it. <laughs> a pan to them coming out as the first line. A pan to you with your head in, in your hands, and then getting up and walking out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I yelled at enough for saying mean things about wrestling on Twitter, and I'm not gonna sit there and say more mean things. But I'll just I'll just leave and see myself out. If Ristolainen gets paired with Darlene, I'm gonna buy that uh, the Rasmus and Rasmus Law Firm T-shirt that came out last year <laughs> and just wear it whenever I'm around you, just just to be a troll. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's it, it's it, it's a possible it could work, sure, but it just. It just goes because that means that Ruslan isn't getting a lot of minutes and just nah. let's just not do it. Yeah, it, it 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 didn't really work necessarily last year, and I just don't yeah. want to try that. I don't want my really good defenseman carrying anchor around. Like let's just give him somebody else. I will say we got a question on how does Olsen win the Calder, and I think my answer would be Scroll be able to play right through. wing and play the first line. Yeah, both that or with middle stat and Reinhardt on the second line. Right. That's how you win it. Score a whole bunch. Which is interesting. I guess we'll kind of transition smoothly into our next topic here. Uh, the Prospects Challenge. Speaking of Olofsson, he's actually going to be in the Prospects Challenge. Uh, so we could see Olofsson out there over the weekend just sniping college goaltenders for the fun of it. So that'll be, <laughs> that'll be <laughs> interesting. But he's, he's one of the few guys. Now, Bruce Land's going to be in that, so he's going to get a first look. Yuki Haro is going to be in that. Uh, so he's an interesting guy. As, at this point, no Cousins because of the injury, no Lukanen because of the injury. Uh, I'm kind of bummed like guys from Europe didn't come over, but I'm not surprised to Laxon and Kronholm their season kind of their preseason at least got started over in Finland. So, you know, it's not surprising they're not going to come over, even though they did last year, but they're not this year. Um, Bryson's going to play in that tournament. He's interesting. Uh, Picard, I think, is in that. S. Blind, I believe, is in that too. So there's some interesting guys. I think it's kind of a bummer, no cousins, but uh, there's certainly, you know, some guys that get a look at that. That's for sure. He's actually he's getting healthy though, isn't he? Didn't... He is. He was skating with Lucan in like a week or so. I was gonna say, so, yeah, yeah. He's quicker than anticipated, I believe. Yeah, I'm curious if he gets an invite to camp or they send him right to juniors. I'm kind of interesting, interested how they kind of. My guess is he gets an invite. Yeah. Well, I'm a, yeah, right. If he's healthy, right? Right. Yeah, you you would think. I don't but, think uh, you not at least let him see what it's like. Yeah, at the very least. Right. I mean, you could. If I get crazy, I always give him that nine-game tryout, but I don't know if it'll get to that point. Nor would I think it should this year. I think that he should just go back and dominate juniors. I think it's your problem again. <laughs> Unless he gets rid of people. Who's he? <laughs> right. Who's right. he right. for for nine game? Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Crazy. Gotta love it. Mm. Um, I just want to see the name Boomhauer in a Sabres Yeah, uniform. Shaw Boomhauer, right. That's right. Forgot about him. Yeah, there's – yeah, I don't – I kind of again. I'm just kind of bummed. Like Portillo didn't come around to those guys. Cedar Quest, you know, yeah. come on to those European guys. 
you know, I mean, especially my boy Laxman, you know, he's, you know, everyone knows he's my go-to guy. So he came last year. So I was kind of hoping he would come again this year, but no dice. So what are you going to do? He'll dominate Liga and then he'll get over here next year. And I'll start to start screaming at the microphone after he plays a couple of AHL games that he should be up right away. Cause he's the next like finished star or something, but that's getting ahead of myself. Uh, anything else on the prospect challenge? I mean, it's Pittsburgh, Boston. Uh, right. You better to throw up like a 10, two score on Pittsburgh again, like last year, whatever that was. <laughs> That's crazy. Because they never have first round picks. I went to the first uh, game of the Prospect Challenge last year, and everyone was so hungry for hockey. You had a Boston fan and a Sabres fan just like yelling at each other. I'm like, guys, this is like not <laughs> safe the place. Like, this is a bad look for everybody. We <laughs> need to see Jack Hughes to go to this thing. Devils are bringing Jack Hughes. Oh, yeah. That would be nice. Jack Hughes, that would be kind of cool. I don't know what he else is bringing, but Jack Hughes is coming, so I can tell you that. I don't think Boston's released their roster yet, but I don't think so. I, don't, I haven't seen anybody else. I mean, I, I've only been looking for the Sabres anyways, to be honest. And Pittsburgh, I don't even know who they could even bring. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. They'll, they'll get lit up again. Poor Pittsburgh. The Sebastian Vidmars of the world. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> um, all right. So I think we kind of covered a lot. I think they'll end here. I'm um, just looking through my list. Is there anything else I really want to touch on before we get to the questions part? So I know we got a couple of good questions in, so I appreciate people getting those in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, Bill, you have most of the list written down here. So sure do. If you kind of want to run them out. Maybe we'll talk. Maybe we'll just say oh, we, we covered that one and we'll keep going, or we'll kind of jump into it. So we'll let you kind of be the we'll let you be the question asker for people. All right, come on. If you have it written down, you can tell us who you know. Give them their glory. Who sent it in? Yeah. Uh, so I'll just run through the ones first that I think we touched on already. Uh, at NHL Foley, AHL Collapse. So we talked about that one. At Snipe G, more discussions on who you think will be in the top six. Talk about that. Uh, yeah, Tage. Wrist center, Tage Thompson. <laughs> Your pick. Uh, then the Olafson to win the Calder. Under the radar guy to make the team out of camp. I think we haven't touched on that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want my official guy, I think for me it's John Gilmore. I don't know if you guys want to make an official declaration of a guy. Smith. I, I guess I'll go with Smith. Yeah. He seems like kind of a safe pick, but not really. A, sa- a safe, unsafe pick, if that makes sense. <laughs> Nothing safe, Anthony. <laughs> 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 but what we've been talking about today, absolutely nothing. Safe. Uh, how do you feel about assistant coaches brought in keeping Steve Smith? They seem underrated, but they think they're important. Talked about that, Ranting Ron. Ranting um, Ron getting in. <clears throat> so. I think I can tie three together. We have a at Brian Fox log jam in the market. When will the dominoes fall? Combo, comboed with at Ron Gasser with any truth to the Mantha rumor and a third combo of at JCONT1. Any Risto info slash how safe is Botril? Those are kind of all trade market RFA questions, I would believe. All right, so you guys are going to make me start yelling at the microphone, so I guess I'll go first. Yay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Insider uh, show. The RFA thing, I think, is I think the RFA thing is only holding up things in Winnipeg. I mean, realistically, Mitch Marner in Toronto, that's all Toronto can do, so who cares? Same thing with Calgary and Tuchuk, like, that's that's it. Vancouver and Besser, the same thing. They're just going to sign Besser and be done. Uh, same thing with Boston and McAvoy. Same thing with... 
who am I missing? Uh, Wierenski in Columbus. I mean, there's some of these, none of these guys really are going to hold a lot up. I mean, points in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's done besides getting points signed. Like, I don't know. Well, maybe I guess if one guy goes, the rest of the guy knows the market. But I think they kind of got set by Sebastian Ajo in a way. Like, that's, you know, that's kind of what the market tends. But I don't know. Wouldn't Gardner be holding things up more than those guys? Maybe, or maybe it's the opposite. We're thinking, like, I think the thing kind of, I think a lot of it gets into Winnipeg, to be honest. I think, I think, right. said, I think Winnipeg's holding it up realistically because. Winnipeg's trying to figure out what to do with Connor and Line and the cap space. They need a defenseman. They're one of the teams that's been rumored to be in on Gardner. They're one of the teams that are really rumored to be in on Ristolainen. So maybe like, you know, it's just, it just, I, I think like, I think if you're looking for some sort of like domino effect, I, I think as a second, we start seeing contracts signed in Winnipeg. I think that's where your domino effect is. Beyond that, I just don't totally buy this league is frozen from the RFA thing because I think a lot of these teams, they have RFA still. They're just signing their RFAs and they're done. So I think the only team really that's holding anything up, to be honest, I think is Winnipeg. Because maybe Winnipeg then makes – after they get their contracts done, they make it trade with some team for a defenseman that they need or they sign Gardner or then that team who trades – let's say, for example, I'm not predicting by any means, let's say by chance Buffalo trades with the line in to Winnipeg and they go out and sign Gardner and then that kind of frees up those two things or even another team does it. Maybe another team signs – you know, figures that sort of thing out. I, I don't know. Maybe by some chance, which I doubt, Toronto trades Marner, but I, I don't think that'll happen, and then they can re-sign Gardner. I don't know. But I don't think Marner's going anywhere at this point. So I think your log jam is in Winnipeg. So once you see stuff in Winnipeg get done, then I think maybe some other things might happen after that. But beyond that, just my personal thing, I, I don't completely buy 100% into this. All the RFAs are holding everything up. I think just Winnipeg's holding everything up. So my follow-up to that would be, how important do you think it is for all this to shake out before training camp starts? I don't know. I, I think for the league, it's super right. important. <laughs> right. Like, imagine all these guys that are RFAs are now not starting, like, on opening night, how bad of a look that would be for the league. Sure would be. That'd be super ugly. Yeah. Just hoping we get something in the next two weeks. It's more more what and, I was getting at. And no new news on this, though. Besides, he's not coming to Buffalo this week, which usually he does come around this time, so that – it's interesting that he's deciding to stay an extra week in Finland and then kind of show up right when training camp starts, but that's usually not his MO. But Don't mention it on Twitter. You're going to get yelled at. I, I'm not going to mention it on Twitter. I'm just going to mention it. We'll leave it at that. I, um, so negative. <laughs> People got so upset when, when – I can't remember if it was you or me, which is just an indictment of me aging. Um, but one of us mentioned, uh, you know, Botterill kind of in tiptoeing around that question a little bit uh, at the 50th anniversary party. Yeah. Someone got real salty. Like, Oh, you're, we're going to read into that. They don't show their hand. Like GMs. <laughs> like, okay. Sorry. <laughs> you're right. But if they said like that, Chris Lyman's going to be a key player in the team going forward. It's like they said about, just like they said about O'Reilly last year. You know, just definitely like they said that. about LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> never lie. They always tell the truth. Anyways, continue, Bill, with your questions. Tim Murray did. Tim Murray did always tell the truth. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Buffalo Sabres like Jack Eichel. <laughs> it's his most famous thing he did. It's the best oh, thing he did. I, I don't know. I, I think pee-pee slap is right up there. I think pretty good. <laughs> <up there. laughs> rainbows. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Mark of Fairport, Jersey draft. He doesn't get a 50th anniversary of Eichel, Darlene, or Skinner. Who would be the next long-term best option? He said Olofsson is in his wheelhouse or in his winner circle currently. 
I thought when you guys go first. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, I mean, because he's signed for three more years, Colin Miller, but he can get picked by Seattle, get picked by a second expansion <laughs> franchise in True. one career, which is something. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to say your guy that we kind of talked about beforehand because I think yours is the most right. But um, yeah, Olafson seems relatively safe. I, I don't think anything outside of, you know, Reinhardt, Eichel, Skinner, forward-wise, is super safe. Besides maybe middle stat. I don't know. but mm-hmm. That 68 yeah. looks solid, though. That 68 is gold. That 68 is awesome. Bill, you have a guy? Not really. I mean, I, Miller's, like like Anthony said, your long-term guy. Middle stat, I don't necessarily think is going anywhere, so I'd say he's pretty safe, especially with uh, the type of RFA status he is. I think he'll stick around for at least a couple more years. Um, yep. Yeah. I think that's about it, at least on current roster. So I actually got a question for you to go off of that. Since they're the 50th anniversary jerseys, would you, is it dumb to get vintage Sabres on those jerseys? Yes. Yeah, don't do that. I, I also think there was the Perot Buffalo slug I saw like I, 10 years ago. Oh, see, no, Funny well I, spent. I also think if you're getting a one year, I guess I'm talking to Mark here. Mark, here's, here's my deal. I'm going to tell you two things. One, I think if you're getting a 50-year anniversary jersey, I think you want to get one of the big guys, Darlene, Eichel, Skinner, Reinhardt, whatever. Because I, I think it's kind of like that one time they're going to wear it type thing where, you know, if you walk out with like, oh, look at my 50th anniversary Victor Olsen jersey and in three years, like, huh, who the hell is that guy? Where I, I think if you have an Eichel or a Darlene or like a Skinner one, you know, that'll kind of give you some longevity to it in a way. Uh, if you want to go beyond that, the guy that I would get personally, if I'm buying a jersey, uh, whether it be the 50th anniversary or the current one or even a Royal Blue one next year, um, I'm getting a Henry Yoki Hart with a number 10 on it. That is a jersey I would get. But I think you're safe with him long term. I think that's a perfect number for a defenseman. And also, 10 is my, 10 is my hockey number anyway. So that would, I was going to uh, say, disclaimer, Chad's number. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, your jersey, Speaking of Reinhardt, we can roll right into at not Jack Nine Eichel. Reinhardt signed extension during the during the season before next summer to avoid RFA trouble. This is easy. Or do you think it waits? No, waits. No, it, it'll absolutely wait. Yeah, I think so too. Because unless it, unless it's over the top of an offer, why would he do it? Which they didn't do it in the first place, so why would they right. do it now? All right, last one. Saved uh, our boy Kevin for last. All right. If you end up being wrong about one player this year, mm-hmm. who would you guess it most likely is? And that can be good or bad. His example was VC. He's very low on him, so he would think if he's wrong, VC would be the guy he's wrong about. I think my guy would be uh, Sherry. I think I've kind of pumped his tires a lot. That will have a bounce-back season. Uh, he'll produce, and I think he'll get back near that 20-goal, 40-point area which really wasn't far off last year but uh i think if there's a guy i'm going to be wrong on this would be in the bad way um i think it could be sherry that that'll be right because maybe he doesn't get those things maybe he doesn't get that increase maybe he kind of had the same type of season like last year has some bad luck again and then you know doesn't get that jump in production that i'm predicting so i would say sherry would be my guy yeah and if i'm picking one i think uh, it, it's tough because it's not even a guarantee he's going to make the roster, though he should, is uh, Lawrence Pilot. Um, I, mm. I'm extremely high on him, and if I'm mm. wrong on him, you know what I mean? Because it, granted, you know, when he was called up and, and throughout his time in the AHL, he was very, very good. Um, however, if he 
experiences a sophomore slump of sorts. Um, I, you know, that would be a pretty uh, catastrophic one. And then of course, everyone knows my adopted son, Evan Rodriguez, but I am so sure that I am right about him. <laughs> that I'm not even going to mention so. <laughs> It'll quickly for a bill goals. I, I got to say if pilot or even Colin Miller uh, struggle, all of us number guys like Kevin, myself, other guys are just exactly absolute pounding. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case because we're going to take a beating if that happens. But, uh, so oh, have, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Actually, to, to pile on that, I got two guys that uh, could be a just want to see the world burn. Okay. Paige Thompson or Ristolainen. <laughs> could you oh, imagine yeah. being on the team and playing really, really well? I mean, Ristolainen, I think, won't well, be that bad. I would take a beating still, but. Well, yeah, you'd take a beating. We'd have to go cover, it. like, the ZSC Lions, just follow Gromberg. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, in a way, though, if, if they play him less and he's good then but he still makes 5.5 million dollars Chad trying to spin it already i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just saying i've said for a while he reduce his minutes. so if he stays you got to reduce his minutes and if he does well then well should have done that earlier but that sound of crumbling plaster is chad backtracking into his wall i've written about how i don't think reducing his minutes are gonna make that much of a difference but and that's going to put my pilot. Pilot is the wrist line and savior. So uh, when pilot is, his partner, is when pilot is his partner, all things go out the window. Okay. There is no, so <laughs> pilot, like somehow miraculously plays like lower minutes, pilot playing. There's a lot of disclaimers. All of a sudden. I'm just saying if pilot plays at the end of October and plays wrist line all season and Risto has like a really good season, then I think pilots win the Norris trophy to be honest with you. But wow. that's my two cents. <laughs> Is it our false headline for the week? Chad's North <laughs> prediction, Lawrence Pilot. <laughs> it definitely is. Ah, great. Totally good. I can't wait you guys to post that one and then for all the people to yell at me. <laughs> but all the people that hate charts and numbers tell me how dumb I am. Who follow you for that reason? Just to <laughs> get angry. Whatever. I'm going to go with the... It's gonna, I think it's going to be very interesting to see who's on his line uh, on opening night, but I, I think Middlestad. I think should really have a, instead of a sophomore slump, I think he's going to have a real big bounce back year. I agree. Uh, so it's a good pick. we'll see what happens there. I think Chad, you and I both wrote articles uh, on Middlestead, how his line mates were just as much, if not more of a problem for him than his own, you know, him being rushed into, you know, big minutes, right. uh, you know, up top. But yeah, I, I, mean, I his line mates weren't great. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, and then the other part of it too is, you also can't ignore that he had like one of the best deployments with how many offensive zones he got, but still his linemates did not help him. No, Chad, that does not support my claim, so therefore I should just... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm agreeing. His linemates are pretty bad. I think if you give him Olofsson and Reinhardt this year, it's a completely different situation. So, And to go the other way for me, uh, I think UPL is your savior going forward. Um, I don't think either goalie will. I think the defense might be better, so it'll help their numbers, but I don't think you're going to see much from the goalies again this year, which will be trouble. Thing. Mark scares me. I'll, I'm not going to get into the whole thing here, but I'll just come out and say it. Allmark kind of scares the crap out of me a little bit. The only thing about Lucan that scares me is the injury recovery because that was almost kind of where Allmark's downturn started. Good point. When he but was he recovering. had double hip surgery, right? I mean, it's only one hip. So maybe he's only, maybe he only takes like a half the downturn. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how that works. I'm, I'm no doctor. But. <laughs> uh, let's hope not. Let's hope Lucan has a good year in the AHL. All right, so is that our questions, Bill? I believe that wraps her up. 
All right. Well, that's good because we have about four minutes on the clock here. So I can get my little spiel here and end us end us out. So uh, so we'll get into the spiel. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at BTV Hockey. Um, you can follow Anthony and myself and even Bill uh, at Seander Sports, at CMD Domenesis, at Bill Shockey. If you want to follow Bill, although like we said before, he's mostly on the BTV Hockey account. Uh, make sure you're checking out dibytheblade.com for all your excellent Sabres content and our podcast as well. Uh, make sure your iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, although not Spreaker, no, it's Spreaker, so, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, any of those places. And by the way, any places that you usually listen to a podcast and we are not on there anymore, send us a, a message and let us know uh, because then I had to fix that because we had to re we had to do a podcast off the move our feed so if something's not showing up or you usually listen to it let us know and i'll get that fixed um <clears throat> moving beyond that i think that is it for us this week uh, real, real quick do we want to shout out the mini series i was just gonna go there anthony i'm a professional oh, calm down shit. okay really? <laughs> <laughs> you don't jump in my spiel okay new guy when i'm done then you can talk ah <laughs> <sighs> But as Anthony mentioned, our mini series we have coming up, uh, Anthony is going to do some around the division stuff. Uh, he has a really cool list of writers um, lined up already. Uh, and he'll start to get that started over the next couple of weeks here, and we'll kind of release those as we go. And then I am doing the analytics stuff with a bunch of number people that those of you who don't like charts and numbers probably will not enjoy this podcast. Although I think it'll be interesting because maybe you'll learn some things. But I have a cool list kind of lined up too. Um, no, I'm going to start that. I think the first interview I'm going to start next week, and then a lot of it's going to be after actually RIT SEC. Some of the people I've lined up are going to be doing some uh, presentations during that, so we'll kind of talk on some of the stuff they presented there as well. So, yeah, it'll be fun. And Bill's also going to crush the BTV uh, Twitter feed during this entire time when training camp kind of gets started and prospect challenge for the next week. So that's what Bill will be doing while Anthony and I are doing the other stuff. Mm-hmm. We're all going to be very busy. Hockey's getting started here, boys, so buckle Sorry. your – belts and let's let's kind of get going here i'm ready to get some answers yes or or more confusion one or the other <laughs> hopefully answers <laughs> <laughs> so for chad bill and anthony we are out of here this week thank you very much for listening and we will talk to you next week we have we'll have a prospect challenge to kind of dive into so we'll kind of see how that goes and then get ready for training camp so we will talk to you next week see ya see ya